This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome along to a Split Opinions podcast on the Blood Red channel, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo with me, your host Patrick Smith. And I'm delighted to be joined by the Liverpool Echo's last man standing on the desk seemingly during the summer in Theo Squires. Theo, how are you doing? Getting there. A bit tired. Uh, managed to get a few transfers out of, out of it so far, haven't we? Uh, not what you wanted to hear when Liverpool said their business is done for the summer, but I'm sure Emmett's going to try and convince them otherwise. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, we're getting there. Well, yeah, in the opposition dugout today for the split opinion, we've got Emmett Gates of Liverpool.com. Emmett, how's things? Yeah, doing good. Uh, looking forward to this discussion with Theo and see where it takes us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lovely stuff. Well, it's going to be a very simple pod today. It's going to centre around Liverpool's transfer business. And the simple question is, do Liverpool need to sign more players at this transfer window? Theo, let's come to you first. And I'm going to ask you that simple initial question. Do Liverpool need more players? We've seen Nunes, Ramsey and Carvalho come in. Do you think that'll be all? Yeah, uh, I think that will be it from the, the club. Maybe there might be an opportunistic opportunity uh, later in the, the summer that we've seen them willing to do before, like when they signed Luis Diaz six months early. But as it stands, that seems like that's it. And you're looking at it, that should be enough. Um, the players they've lost, Mane, uh, Origi, Minamino looks set to follow. Um, yeah, Nico Williams and Nat Phillips might go as well, but you've got to remember that they weren't really in the first team squad second half of last season. They were out on loan. So numbers-wise, they're in exactly the same position they were last year. And that squad nearly won a quadruple. Um, the only difference is they're a forward down to bring in this uh, backup right back in Calvin Ramsey. But then that was the one hole in the squad we looked at last year. There wasn't a natural right back under study, and now that's what they've got. And then you might say, well, they're forward down. Well, how often are we seeing the likes of Minamino and Origi not making the squad or not even getting off the bench? Like There were players there that weren't being used. It was better to have this overall scope on the squad. So they've got the depth there. And there'll be questions about quality, whether they need a midfielder. But it's the, the age-old debate, isn't it? Uh, quantity over quality. And then you look at Liverpool's situation, wait until 2023. You can't change your squad in the whole summer. Forward has been... What they're doing in 2022, they've got Diaz, they've got Carvalho, they've got Nunes, Mane's gone. They're looking to a future beyond Firmino, potentially beyond Salah, one step at a time. And this first step seems to be, on paper at least, a successful transition. I mean, you know, Theo mentioned their players not necessarily being used last season, Emmett. On the flip side of this, there are a couple of areas within the squad that are looking relatively thin on the ground. And, you know, the next season is going to be pretty much two games every week. Would you like to see a couple of new faces brought in? Because, you know, we're clearly going to need that depth for the amount of games, aren't we? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a it's a tricky one because obviously the club have said that business is finished and Theo makes a very convincing argument as to why, you know, there should be no more business done this this summer apart from obviously selling players, fringe players. Um, but I would like to see maybe another midfielder come in Um because I feel like obviously Genie Wijnaldum wasn't really replaced last summer, and I think at the in, the in the first half of the season Liverpool kind of struggled not in terms of midfielders per se, but in terms of available bodies. And you Jordan Henderson basically playing every week because Fabinho was out for a bit, Thiago was out, Naby Keita was out, James Milner's obviously aging, Alex actually Chamberlain is kind of in and out. I mean he. He didn't kick a ball the last two months of the season. Um, wasn't even in the in the squad some some days. 
So I kind of want like one more midfielder and just maybe just not even a quality midfielder, but a decent midfielder just in case, you know, you need a midfielder for the Carabao Cup, <laughs> the early rounds of the FA Cup. Someone just to come in. And then I suppose you could then, you know, rely more on Curtis Jones. But again, there's question marks over where his best position is. Is it more, is it more an attack position or is it on the left side of midfield, the right side of midfield? No one really seems to know where his best position is. So you could maybe go down that route of relying more on Curtis Jones. But I would generally tend to like one more centre midfielder in just maybe for a even a stopgap solution for a year. You know, where I've read we've read a lot this week that Liverpool are going to go all in for Jude Bellingham next summer. So maybe someone in just for a year to you know to plug gaps essentially in, in games. Not uh, not an automatic starter, obviously, but if Henderson's out, if Thiago's out, Fabinho's out, someone just to step in when they're not available. I mean, that's the exact thing as you mentioned there. I mean, the, the midfield is the main area of concern that fans are raising within the squad. Theo, there's such a hectic schedule, as I mentioned before, the question to Emmett, you know, two games every week, surely there's not enough legs within the squad because we can use five subs now as well. So perhaps having a bolster of players on the bench is actually kind of a good thing this season. That was the exact situation they were in last year when they nearly won a quadruple, when they are a goal away from a Premier League title, a goal away from the Champions League. This squad went to the very uh, wire. You could argue that probably they peaked in that first half against Man City at Wembley in the FA Cup semi-final. And there were a few tired legs for the last weeks of the season. And it was quite telling that three players who picked up the injuries at the end of the season were the three that you don't tend to rotate in Van Dijk, Fabinho and Salah. But Liverpool still got there. They still nearly achieved something that's never been done before and they still went closer to it than any side has ever done. And yeah, I get the midfield debate. I can understand why fans want another body. And when you've got this 2023 vision and Jude Bellingham's there and you see City signing Calvin Phillips. But look at the options they've got with five substitutions. It just means you're going to be seeing more from Curtis Jones. You're going to be seeing more from Harvey Elliott. You're going to be seeing more from Fabio Carvalho when he comes in. Uh, they've got the bodies there. You'd like to think Jordan Henderson, this season is going to be the start of them gradually being eased out. Like It was through necessity that he started every game, pretty much, where he was coming off the bench every game last season. But if Harvey Elliott doesn't pick up that injury against Leeds United in like September, he probably plays a hell of a lot more. It was only towards the end of the season we saw them guys less when they came back because it was stability that Liverpool needed to get them over the line. When they, and Klopp always does this when they go for trophies at the business end. He sticks with that trusted 11, 15, whatever players to and only makes those minimum rotations to get that consistency, to get that stability. But early, it's rotation. Everything's up for grabs. Um, yeah, it'll be two games every week, but that was the case last season. And it's still... Um, League Cup doesn't get underway for Liverpool until November. Fourth round's the first game back after the, the World Cup final. Well, Salah, Diaz, they won't have played for a month. So you're not really needing it there. And then you're in quarterfinal, semifinal stage in January, which is what you're in anyway. And you can strengthen then anyway if someone comes available six months early. They should be fine for this first half of the season. And you say about the stopgap, well, why sign someone for a year to just plug that gap when you've got two youngsters in Elliot and Jones? They could step up give them the minutes, see what they can do, see if they deserve that place. And then you've still got, what, Thiago's only just wrong side of 30, Henderson, plenty of life left there. Milner's the stopgap by signing this one-year contract extension until he's 
37, and he proved in the last couple of months of the season how much he deserved that. Oxley chamberlain you're not getting a better replacement for him. If you sold him now for 10 million, you're not upgrading on him for that fee. It makes sense to keep him for the year and let him desert, see if he can actually get into the team, get a contract. Cater, we know they want to keep him. And then there's always the formation debate as well. We've got the bodies there. We can see that Liverpool could do 4-2-3-1. If they go 4-2-3-1, it's very easy to say, right, Henderson, you're on the bench. And then you've got your understudy for Fabinho. Henderson is not going to play as much this season from the start as he did last year. And you'd like to think it is going to be that beginning of Harvey Elliott becoming a first-team starter more weeks. Curtis Jones taking that up step. Naby Keita maybe showing, yeah, this is him. This is his Liverpool career really starting, really being a consistent player who deserves this new contract. But we'll see, because we say that every season about Naby Keita. There is enough there for 2022-23. That is why they're waiting until 23, because then Milner is 37. Henderson's a year older, Thiago's a year older, Jones and Elliot are a year older as well, and they can do this next transition for this overall, uh, was it, evolved squad, this uh, soft launch of Klopp's next great side. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, it's a very, very positive outlook on the midfield, and it makes a lot of sense. But then there is also a flip side to this, Emmett, where a few of those players mentioned are running out of contract. You know, they've got Naby Keita contract this year. Obviously, James Milner's going to be out of contract. Oxlade Chamberlain's running out, I think, 2024, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, Henderson, Thiago, they are getting older. Is now the, the time to bring in that extra midfielder, perhaps a number six, to cover the Fabinho role because his legs clearly went to the back end of last season? We don't want to be in a position where we've only got four or five midfielders come 2023 or 2024, do we, Emmett? Yeah, I mean... That's kind of the worry too, is that there is no real vice Fabinho in the squad. I mean, Jordan Henderson was kind of used in the role when Fabinho was out. I think it was in October. I think Fabinho was out for a while. And obviously, Henderson can try his best, but he doesn't have the same attributes to interpret the role in the way that Fabinho does. And I think Liverpool's midfield isn't the same when Fabinho is out of the side. But then again, how do you find uh, a cover for Fabinho who's only going to come in and play maybe seven, eight games a year when Fabinho's unavailable because if Fabinho is available, Klopp uses him. So as you know, as Theo said, trying to buy someone for cheap enough to only use maybe six, seven, eight, ten times a year is going to be difficult. So I think you know Theo has a, a very good point in that maybe Liverpool club should tinker systems and maybe go to like a double pivot in midfield. This would obviously mean there's not three starting midfielders every week and it gives more of the current midfielders time to rest and so say if you start with for example Thiago and Fabinho then you can bring Henderson on you know as a late substitute or you can start the next game and it would also be more beneficial to the amount of attackers Liverpool have now if you just take the likes of Jada, Firmino, Salah, Nunez and Diaz and then even Harvey Elliott I think switching to going out of the 4-3-3 to a 4-2-3-1 actually makes more sense now for the squad that Liverpool have. So that could be a solution in terms of maybe not buying a midfielder this summer and, as Theo said, holding off the next summer by going with the formation change would actually be a very smart move on Klopp's part. But then again, if he is going to stick to the 4-3-3, then I do feel like maybe another midfielder, especially for a vice Fabinho, is needed. I mean, we saw that with the players that Liverpool were kind of linked with at the beginning of the summer. Too many. Obviously, he went to Real Madrid. And, you know, Calvin Phillips was, you know, briefly linked, kind of plays in the same position. So 
it maybe is something a little bit of looking at, but yeah, I, it's it's that you're not going to spend a lot of money bringing in someone to play as backup to Fabinho. It's just not going to happen. Well, yeah, exactly that. But the thing is, Theo, if we were to go for this formation change, that could promote another problem then with you know depth and attacking because we've lost Divock Origi as the man off the bench with the Plan B solution. I know Darwin Nunes isn't the Sadio Mane replacement as such, so that's another thing we might even need to look at, strengthening the attacking options, particularly if we were to play this 4-2-3-1 formation. Surely there's a need for another attacker to come in, especially with Benamino looking like he's on the way out as well. Um, I'm not sure about that either, to be honest. I think Nunes, Jota, Firmino down the middle. Diaz, Jota on the left. Carvalho, Firmino, Jones, Elliot as number 10. Salah, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Elliot on the right. Yeah, it's a drop-off in quality when you take out a Mohamed Salah, but that's going to be the case. It's the exact same thing we've just said about Fabinho there, that you cannot sign a player and put big money on them when you know they're not going to start most games. Like They've got lucky in a good way with Jota that they signed someone who could break up the, the famous front three but be more of this squad rotation option. The fact that you can play anywhere across that front three, you can start him in some games, you can make him an impact sub in others. But it's rare that you can fill a squad with that and keep them all happy. Man City are finding that out to their cost this summer. Like it's been a few years now where the likes of Jesus and Sterling have been linked move, moves away because they've not been starting every week. Bernardo Silva as well. And Pep Guardiola's had a real balance act and they've had to be stubborn and just keep players. And now we're seeing that well, a couple of them are going to move on because they've run out of patience at not being guaranteed starts every week. Um, the questions over quality that is the one that persists. Like if you lose Mohamed Salah to injury or we have what happened last year when for six months he's just knackered and you don't have that rotation option, that's fair enough. But you can't really bloat your squad on ifs and buts. Like if you've got the depth there and you trust your players to step up and make a difference for the opportunities to give them, that's fair enough. But you can't rely, gamble on, oh, we might lose three centre-backs to season-ending injuries. So rather than have four centre-backs, let's have eight just to cover that. Or we need another couple of forwards there. Still got kids coming through who've got talent there, like Kate Gordon. Um, if he has a good preseason, he's an option. Like we saw him play a League Cup semi final last year. And um, yeah, he's very raw, but domestic cup games are there for him. Uh, if there are games when Liverpool were what two, three nil up in the Premier League, the Champions League, and he's um, you got five subs, you bring him on for 15, 20 minutes, give him some experience. Liverpool starting 11 is very good, nearly won a quadruple. The subs there, they've made a difference in the past. It's just about getting that balance right. You need a bit of luck. That is the case for every team. Stay clear of injuries. When you do have a few injuries, it's not all in the same position at the same time or you're losing your spine of your team at the same time. And that's what was very fortunate for Liverpool last year compared to previous years. On the basis of a normal season, enough is there. Even without that, you've got to remember as well, um, no AFCON this year. Salah's not going to be playing extra time every two days for, what, six weeks in a row or whatever it was when you had the league. All games going to extra time. <laughs> exactly. Um, he gets a nice little four, six-week break in November, December. Luis Diaz gets the same. You look at Liverpool's squad, even with the expanded World Cup squad, so Firmino and Thiago may be more likely to get a call-up. They will have a lot fewer players going to Qatar than City, for example. That break could be huge for them coming back. Like the only big City player you think, oh, you're not going to play at the World Cup is Erlen Haaland. Liverpool got a few more key players there in attack. They'll have fresh legs. They'll be fine. They want to play. It's another thing Liverpool look for when they sign players, isn't it? The ones that uh, don't break down with injuries, the ones that can play every week. And that's why Mane is potentially a bigger loss than you'd think. 
um, because he was always available and he always stepped up and got the goals. But you just got to trust the recruitment team to replace them with the right players. And Carvalho and Nunes, they look talented. Let's see what they can do. I mean, it'd be good to get your take on this, Emmett, because obviously you know, it's hypothetical the switch to four attackers, but it's looking increasingly more likely if we don't sign a midfielder. Let's say it's 43 one there's four attacking positions. We've got Diaz and Jota, who, you know, Jota is far more effective on the left. Nunes will probably start up top. Salah on the right, hopefully he doesn't get injured because that'll promote even more problems. But is there enough quality and the depth in the squad? Because Thea mentioned, you know, whether the quality is there. Do you think it would be good enough, let's say, if Salah got injured to play a Champions League game with a weakened attack of maybe a Curtis Jones or Harvey Elliott thrown in there? Or do we need to strengthen that area? Um, no, I think uh, I'm in agreement with, with Theo. I know this is getting against the theme of the, of the podcast, but I think if Liverpool, you know, if Klopp did switch to the four uh, attacking positions, I think Liverpool will be fine. Obviously, if Salah gets injured, but I, at the same time, you're not going to sign a replacement, even if you wanted to, you know, get a cover for Salah. You're not going to get them cheap. And if you do get them cheap, they're not going to be of the same quality anyway. Because, I mean, who, Liverpool aren't going to pay... 40, 50, 60 million for a backup to play, you know, you know, Salah really doesn't get injured that often. So they're not going to sign a quality, you know, replacement who's going to sit on the bench for 90% of the season. So you might as well, you know, try and bring in Kate Gordon or put Harvey Elliott on the right and just see how it goes because you don't really have anything to lose. And I do think there is enough cover. You know, you have obviously Firmino as the 10, Nunes up top, Diaz on the left, Salah on the right. Then you can maybe play Curtis Jones on the left, Fabio Cavallo will obviously get game time. You know, you have Kate Gordon there. So, yeah, obviously Minamino is about to leave. Origi's left, Mane's left. But I don't think, I do think with the squad that Liverpool currently have now, if they don't sign another midfielder, I would say 4-2-3-1 is the way to go. Because they've just, it, the balance of the squad kind of goes in that direction. And I do think they've enough cover to make it work. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think it's going to be a very interesting pre-season to see you know, if there is any change in shape. I think Pep Linders has already hinted, or Linders, I should correct his name, has been said a few times. But we'll have to leave the Split Opinion podcast there, I'm afraid, fellas. Two very well-argued cases. To be honest, I'm even more confused than when I was at the start of the show. <laughs> I don't really know where I stand. But I think myself and most Liverpool supporters would want at least one more signing. Probably strength on the midfield, it looks likely we'll stick with that 4 3 3. I'll but, just bring in another player so our website's a bit busier for the next six weeks. <laughs> exactly that, Theo. Keep the rumor mill going around. <laughs> well, a big thank you to Theo Squires and Emmett Gates, and of course, a big thank you to those of you watching and listening along. Be sure to check out our daily transfer news content and various other pieces on the Blood Red channel, Liverpool Echo, and Liverpool.com. But from all of us here, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.